Good morning, Alex. Happy Tuesday, my man. How are you doing? Dude, it's been good. Actually, you know what? I signed up for golf lessons and I have golf lessons every two weeks now. And it's awesome because I was on my way here. I was passing through Sycamore Creek and that's where the lessons are. Done two lessons now and I can't hit a ball to save my life. Alex, we need to talk about the tech surrounding golf. Have you checked out the Arcos product? It's uh, these little things that pop onto the end of your clubs and it has an app associated with it, and it gives you the premium data package that you can get for not only your own scores, but it aggregates and compares against others. I highly recommend that tech product. <laughs> not sponsored by our Not sponsored. I do. Um, I have seen that. I actually, um, over the weekend, I started building a new application on these glasses called Ngo 2s. They're essentially running glasses. They're cycling and running glasses, but they have a little screen on top of them and they're perfect for golf so when you hit the ball like it tells you the distance to the flag and, and instead of using your watch or your app you have a little pair of glasses with a little reader on the top right hand corner alex where are these lessons happening did you say sycamore creek yeah can we talk about sycamore creek just in terms of of richmond a little bit i feel like there's a missed branding opportunity there sycamore creek sounds like the most boring place you can find when it's really right in goochland and i think we can all agree <laughs> goochland has a fantastic brand so yes how do we, can we change this to the Gooch Country Club? What do we, what do we need to do to put in that request? You know people, man. You got, you got to talk to your people. Yeah. Put a phone call in. Um, I, I will put the support in and, and let's, let's put the Gooch Club. The Gooch Club. Yeah. Uh, that sounds a little funky to me. I might, <laughs> we, might we might need to uh, expand our, expand our wings there. Welcome everyone to Tech by Design where the Richmond Technology Council takes you to the edge for trending tech and innovation here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Nick Surface, CEO of RVA Tech, along with Alex Atanias, CEO of Shaco. Come join us. Alex, good to talk to you on the first uh, revised series here of Tech by Design. We got a lot going on here in town, uh, both the past few weeks and the next upcoming couple weeks. And uh, I think that's the best way to kick it off. What do you think? Yes. I mean, we just came out of Edge. We launched our first NFT. There's a lot of awesome, awesome things. Um, not to mention the data breakfast, right? The CDO breakfast that we had right before oh, shoot. Edge. Yeah, man, that, that um, feels like years ago. CyberCon was just about a week ago. There's where do you want to start? Um, let's, let's talk recap. about Edge. L yeah, let's yes. go back to Edge. Edge was a day that has been in the making for quite a long time. And uh, for those not familiar with Edge, covers a range of topics. Every year is a little bit different. It's trending tech. And this year, what do we have, Alex? We had all kinds of stuff. Uh, Web3, we had ChatGPT, we had Pig Butchery, which, you know, new thing I learned about. FBI. FBI was uh, in the house. What else do we have? We had um, drones. Tom Walker drone up was there. Um, Kevin with Altria. Kevin with Altria displaying um, what was it like six or seven headsets? Yeah, we had XR IRL. Yes, it wasn't. I, I mean, there was just so many cool things. Like I think we threw in Chat GPT just because somebody had canceled, and who knew that that would essentially be the topic for the month, right? Open AI, yeah. conversational AI. It's just been incredible to basically be able to talk about it. I think the number of people that have texted me after that conversation is like, hey, by the way, I'm using ChatGPT to ask it where to go on a date. I'm using ChatGPT to debug my code. I was just on a conversation with a team of people asking 
what we can do with OpenAI. So it's just it's it's incredible, like the the tail of that conference. Yeah, I'm wondering if we get ChatGPT to just do this podcast for us, and so if we could just write it out, and you and I could just speak it. Um, I wonder how many episodes it's going to take till we can pull that one off. I'm sure if I plugged it in, it would give us questions to ask you. I did use ChatGPT for the ChatGPT moderated session. It gave me my dad jokes. It gave me my questions, and it actually uh, did not give me any any obscene questions, which which was always a positive. Alex, what about competitors? Are you seeing any other products in the market um, similar to ChatGPT? You know, is is Google popping something up? I know, I think Microsoft has a Bing product that's popping up. Have you played with any of those? Are you committed and married to the the ChatGPT uh, format, or are you seeing other things out there? I think ChatGPT just made it so much easy. But but Google has Bard. They also have DeepMind, right? Microsoft's actually using OpenAI. They're they're an investor in OpenAI. I think they put in ten billion dollars into it. So I think like they are the front runners and they have the market share right now. But I'm actually looking this up right now. And but OpenAI actually has several different products beyond ChatGPT, right? So so ChatGPT is just one of the first ones. That's their conversational AI. It's really crazy, like the other models that they've released, right? So Dolly is one of them. So it creates realistic images based on a prompt. They have Whisper, which is a, a translator. So again, on the OpenAI platform. And then they have one that I was actually taught. There's a developer platform that hasn't come out yet. But I mean, you think about like ChatGPT, that's one. That's their conversational AI. Then they have Dolly, which is basically like you basically plug in a prompt and it gives you an image. That is awesome. Then you have Whisper, which again is built on the OpenAI platform. And you can start translating for, I don't know, English. We're using Whisper right now to translate English to Spanish for our Spanish audience. So you know, Alex, I'm looking at some comparative moments in history here. And when I say history, I say that very lightly. When I look back at live streaming for Twitter, do you remember the, when Meerkat came on the scene and it was all the rage and it was kind of independent and it was the live streaming functionality for Twitter that it was going to change Twitter and, and make it all the more powerful? And then Periscope came up as like kind of a, a secondary competitor or laggard in the space. Twitter ended up buying Periscope, building that up, and Meerkat I don't think exists anymore. And I'm wondering if there's an, not to foretell the future, but if that's an interesting lesson that can be learned along the way here as, as ChatGPT gets started. Yeah, I think I was listening to um, a podcast this morning called All In, which I'm a huge fan of. But they were basically, these guys have been in tech for 30, 30 plus years. And they were all comparing the the scene today to the early scene of, of essentially Web 1, the, the late 90s, where you had hundreds of search engines and you didn't know which one was going to be the front runner. Like Google wasn't the, the, the front runner at the time. And they were just saying, hey, listen, there's really two differences between what was 99, and this was way before Twitter, obviously, but what was 99 and what is today. It's just you have all these different competitive brands right now vying for market share. I think over the last few weeks, there's 600 new startups basically touting ChatGPT and OpenAI as kind of like the core behind the platform. And I think more than Twitter, I would compare what's happening today with OpenAI, with ChatGPT to, I guess, the 2010 era when mobile apps came in, right? So mobile apps transformed websites. They allowed us to leave our, our offices and actually access information through a phone. AI, the way it's positioned right now, is going to basically transform the way we interact with data in, in ways that we have yet to see. So way beyond Twitter and way beyond uh, Meerkat, but yeah, your, your point's incredible. 
Alex, I want to talk about another technology that, that we talked about at Edge, but it also is kind of a sprouting innovation happening right now, which is the NFT product concept, utility, whatever you want to say. You know, we uh, we issued our first RVA Tech NFT at Edge, a piece of art done by Hamilton Glass digitally. And we've hosted a couple webinars afterward about how to acquire the NFT, what you can do with it, how it works on the back end with some of the different platforms. And it's been really interesting on a couple fronts. The first is just how complicated and lack of user friendliness that back end of the NFT crypto space really is at this point. And it, it feels like there's an opportunity there. The other part of it to me was the non-fungible part. You know, that's kind of the, the phrase that I think people lack clarity on. And I think, you know, we understand it's not tangible, so it's non-fungible, but it's it was explained to me that that means that there's actually no utility value, that the entire value of the product is based on the market, how much people are willing to pay to acquire that particular serial number or, or whatever you want to say. So those two things about it have been fascinating. The, the back end lack of UI UX, and yet also the, the real value is just based on the market, pretty much it. What's your take on the NFT? What were you thinking about as we launched that a couple weeks ago? Ooh, personal or, or at the city level? Yeah, personal, man. I'll tell you the personal one and then I want to hear yours. But but for me, it's just a new challenge, right? So how do you take something that hasn't gone mainstream yet and create an interface that allows people to interact in a really cool way, right? So so Ian Tindall from Altria and the team at Shaco basically were, were working late hours to get an MVP ready for people to actually buy or uh, I guess mint this NFT and, and have it for themselves. It's also a really cool piece of history. I believe it's the first NFT for RVA in general, right? It's not just RVA tech, but RVA NFT. So we were part of history, right? We, we basically minted the first RVA logo, if I am not mistaken. And it was on behalf of both Hamilton Glass and RVA Tech. So for me, it was just like that pursuit of something new. That was really, really cool. I have a really cool story to share, but what about you? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like on the experience, on, on yeah. how we released it? Oh, I mean, first of all, the fact that we did it at Edge, I think makes a ton of sense. Um, really excited that we're playing in the technology space ourselves. I think that's really cool for RVA Tech and for Richmond, obviously, to use a, a local artist like Hamilton Glass. I hope we can continue it forward. I think the most interesting conversation I had about the NFT isn't necessarily the art aspect of it, but how can we make the non-fungible part fungible? And what I mean by that is, is there a utility value that we can actually use in terms of maybe issuing these for every conference where they become some sort of currency, whereas it's almost like a frequent... A frequent buyer, a frequent user, a frequent attendee acquires these and thus earns some equity in the organization in some way. You earn the ability to have input on keynote speakers. You earn the opportunity to eventually chair conferences. And you actually acquire, again, some utility value out of these things um, by collecting them over time. Yes. I think it's it's we, we have this debate around, hey, I could simply copy and paste what is on my screen and save it for myself. But isn't that the debate that we have about art as well, right? Like, hey, people could redo a, a pencil drawing if they copy it well enough. And, and it takes experts to essentially like distinguish real art from copycat art. And so I think it's just, it's, it's the next evolution in art. I was actually talking to the mayor of Miami and his team, not the mayor, but his team in Miami last week. And they're trying to do something very similar with this concept in Wynwood, which is essentially the art district in, in Miami, right? It's just like, how do we mint NFT? How do we mint art? How do we basically bring art beyond the walls of Wynwood? 
And so I think there's a lot of people that are trying to understand how to take an artist's rendition or vision and actually make it digital. So, so for me, being able to be part of that movement is awesome, right? Like art has played such a pivotal role in our society, whether it's music, whether it's paintings, whether it's just pure art. How do we basically take that and move it into this non-fungible token? And then how do we make more value out of it than just putting it on a wall? That's that's like the, like we could talk about the blockchain, we could talk about like the non-fungible aspects, and but it's just how do we take art and move it into a, a functional space in our society? Yeah, I just wonder what the what the runway is to, you know, more public adoption, you know, more public understanding, ease of access, ease of use, the whole UI UX. I mean, things just don't reach a critical mass, especially with technology, until they become easiest for the not the lowest common denominator, but the lowest, you know, skilled user. So once the lowest skilled user can use things, you know, smoothly and easily, then things te- seem to to catch on and, and are able to scale a little bit more. So I think we've got a little bit of runway on that, but it'll be interesting to see how fast that happens. I think like, so the blockchain is going to be fundamental to transform the supply chain. And we could talk about that in a different podcast. But I think the way we release the NFT is, is really about bringing art to life to thousands of people. And the way that we've done it is, is really interesting, but it's not going to transform people like say ChatGPT, right? Like ChatGPT, Kim Mahan said, hey, listen, ChatGPT is going to make people nine times more productive. Right. Like that's that kind of like factor of nine that, that she quoted a couple times. But this NFT is not right. Not not now. It might give them access to something special. It might give them access to a group or a community or, or basically build some sort of wealth. But I think we have to figure out like, hey, so, so there's the blockchain. There's the NFT aspect of the blockchain that sits on top of the blockchain. How are we going to make people more productive? Like, how are we going to get them to use that? What What is the benefit there? ChatGPT came into the scene and, and has done that already, at least in the public space. In companies, companies like Google or Amazon or Facebook have been using AI for years now. But I think that's kind of the difference between those two technologies. Yeah. yeah I, mean, um, it, it, I had a question for you. Yeah. Um, what you got, Alex? So switching into um, AR and VR, right? So I, I think I saw you in the presentation with Kevin because we had two rooms, right? And, and you were probably going back and forth. But what were your thoughts on, on the different headsets that he has, right? Like VR and AR and MR. Yeah, I wasn't in that one a terribly long time. But to me, from what I saw, I think it just highlights how many different options and possibilities and capabilities there are in terms of wearables. And that, you know, look, eventually it's got to it's got to get to a point where it, with wearables where it's just it's a little more fashion friendly. It's a little more user friendly. It's a little more normal looking. Yeah, you know, I think there are aspects of our lives that have become more normal and that are futurized, like just staring at this phone all day, right? I mean, that's that's something different. And, you, you know, somebody from 25, 30 years ago w- wouldn't recognize that. But at the same time, it doesn't feel futuristic. We don't look around at each other and, um, you know, it just doesn't look unnatural. And so I think that's the point that the naturalization of those products, I think we just, you know, we're getting there. It sounds like we're almost close. Everybody's experimenting with glasses. We're experimenting with different things. The funny thing to me about glasses is we're all trying not to wear them. We're all trying to get contacts and surgeries and not have to wear glasses, but yet we have these huge, um, you know, progressive companies trying to uh, develop glasses that we can wear all the time for everything for the rest of our lives. Um, and I'm not sure that's a place I want to be. There's two companies that are basically building connected contact lenses. So have you seen the entire history of us? It's an episode of Black Mirror. No. Oh, maybe it's the entire history of you. I think it's called the entire history of you. I think it's episode three for those Black Mirror fans out there. So it is exactly that. It's an episode that explores having lenses 
that essentially record your entire life or contact lenses. So they literally from birth, they record everything that's happening. And so at any time you can sit on the sofa or sit in your chair, close your eyes or just roll your eyes in the back of your head and see and scroll through your entire life. And it starts to explore you know, the pros and the cons of being able to do that throughout your life. And at one point, there's a there's a chance where you can actually connect your contact to the television and see what somebody else is reviewing or seeing or has in there. You can check on crimes, for instance, and say, okay, you know, what did this person see? Where were they on Tuesday at 7 p.m., blah, blah, blah. You know, and it devolves into a, a variety of social dilemmas uh, and morality plays from there as well. But just kind of like Facebook, but in your eye instead yep. of on your hand. Yeah. Got it. And uh, yeah, I mean, the first step is always TV. And then we just develop everything from there. If it can happen on TV, it can happen in real life, right? Yeah, I think, check it out. So I think the company's called the Mojo, Mojo Vision, M-O-J-O. But I mean, this this thing's real. Like they are in testing now. So so what is it, Black Mirror, right? Black Mirror? It's Black Mirror, yep. Have you, are you yeah, not familiar I, with Black Mirror, Alex? This I is- don't watch it because it, it is, it is... There's, okay. there's too much stress in my life. I hear you. Well, we're going to have an entire episode about Black Mirror episodes. So, what is it like? Dystopian society. Their whole premise is like how technology creates a dystopian society. Exactly. And the Black Mirror concept is your phone. There's your Black Mirror. Yeah. So, oh, that's fascinating. I just learned something, Alex. You got to try it. I'm going to tell you though, and this for anybody out there who's listening, who you know, I'm sure 90 percent of the people know Black Mirror. Episode one, not an entry level episode. You can watch them in any order you want. They're all independent. I would encourage you to just pick one randomly in the middle. Episode one just takes a little bit of just endurance and uh, ability to foresee the real morality play and not be uh, blinded by the grotesque. So, Oh, my gosh. Okay. So not episode one. Don't want, yeah. Episode one, also not something you want to watch at the airport in public. Uh, just pro tip. Learn that <laughs> on my own. Um, all right, Alex, what else we got? We got other things going on so, besides all this uh, edge stuff. I had one question for you. And before we go into the cyber talk, I wasn't at the conference. Unfortunately, I was traveling, but I've heard something. I've heard, I've heard rumors of, of tech town, tech town, right? Yeah, man. Can you, can you talk about this? Can you, can you like give us some insight into this? Yeah. And that, I think that's a lot of what we're going to be doing on this podcast is really trying to uncover the stories and, um, the tech that's happening in and around Richmond, the people that are using it, how they're using it, and how we're using it here in Richmond to design our lives. Um, but Richmond has been growing and emerging as um, one of the nation's newest thriving tech towns. There's a lot of different things happening here, whether it's on the cyberspace or in the digital space or in the innovation space. There's a lot of cool tech happening here. There's different companies doing it. There's different people doing it. There's different resources available. The environment itself is tremendously friendly. Community itself is progressive, but I would also say timeless and classic. And it, I think those things merge well for technology. And we're trying to tell more stories about Richmond and the tech scene here. And we're doing that through an initiative called our Tech Town Initiative. What we're trying to do is just position Richmond as the nation's next best tech town out there. We want people to move here. We want companies to come here. And we want the people that are here to be proud of where they live and uh, to stay here. So that's the goal. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm excited to, to play a part in that. Speaking of Tech Town, I was at a conference in Las Vegas last week talking to grocers. And I'm, I'm walking through and there's two, con- I mean, it's, it's Vegas, right? So there's 52 conferences, but there's two conferences side by side, one on agriculture, one on groceries. And I'm walking to grab a beer after the conference is over. And what do I see? Babylon Farms. 
right? So Babylon Farms is is essentially a, a startup here. I guess they're they're way beyond startup at this point, but it's so cool to to see a Richmond-based company partnering with the cruise ship industry to basically create vertical farming and make fresh vegetables more accessible at sea. And, and so to your point, like Techtown USA, ba- Babylon is a combination of, of agriculture and science and technology. It, it was just really, it was, it was awesome to basically see Richmond, Virginia front and center in the middle of a conference in Vegas. Well, two things, Alex. I think we're going to get um, the other Alex who runs uh, Micro Babylon or Babylon Farms. Um, Is it Micro Babylon or Babylon? Babylon, Babylon Micro Farms. Farms. Yeah, we're going to get we go. we're going to get him on the pod. Um, so we're going to talk a little more about that. But conferences as well. Me and the team we're headed out to South by Southwest at the end of this week. There are a lot of cities that are really using that venue to showcase their character to the technology ecosystem out there. So I am really intrigued to see what some other folks are doing. There's a Tulsa house. Um, There's an entire session on Silicon Heartland, which is Indianapolis, Columbus, Pittsburgh, that that area. And there's a few other places as well that are are putting together experiences and uh, engagements that I want to see what the opportunities and possibilities are for Richmond, Virginia. And, you know, it's interesting. We talk a lot about South by Southwest as an opportunity for Richmond to create something parallel or similar in our city. But I don't think that's necessarily the the play here. I think the play here is to actually leverage what's happening at South By. They already have the community and the attention. And how can we position Richmond there to uh, to get some eyeballs? Um, so this is on my list, and maybe you and I could work on this together. And, and I'll just say it out loud here, but it's just I want to buy or rent a food truck and rip all the food truck aspects out of it and basically create an experience shop and literally drive around South by Southwest, basically like tag the whole truck with, with RVA, RVA tech, and essentially offer experiences on the go. Well, Alex, I might move you off of the edge committee and onto the tech town South by Southwest food truck uh, experience committee. I will do that. Which I feel like is a better fit for you, honest. I mean, <laughs> when I look in the mirror and think about Alex Atanya's, I think... Food truck experience South by Southwest. So that's it's that's because I like eating. I love eating. So, <laughs> so food trucks, food trucks have a special place in my heart. All right, Alex, we're uh, I'm going to hold you to that one. We're going to keep that as a running concept. I want to talk. I want to evolve and iterate on this a little bit each episode, and uh, I want to look back in a year and be uh, hopefully planning to bring a food truck to South by Southwest. Oh, if, if we're going to do this, we got to start planning in like two or three months. We just started, Alex. Leave. We just started now. It's underway. Okay, so that's awesome. Yep. Let's get it going. You are the official chair. Um, I look forward to working with you, Alex. Tech Town Food Truck USA? Yes, sir. <laughs> Something like that. Alex, what else? We got? Uh, we had CyberCon last week. Great event. It was our first of the year. We've got uh, Data Science or our Data Summit coming up at the end of the month. Um, and then later in May, we have our Product Fest event for all you product folk out there. Uh, product Tank RVA partners with us on that one. Uh, but that's coming up. But um, that's all I got for this week, Alex. Anything else on your mind before we wrap this thing up? No, we have so many other conversations to go. It's awesome to start this Tech by Design podcast with you. We'll figure out the the, the name or see if the name still fits in a couple of weeks. But I, I just want to talk tech. I get excited from, from Babylon Micro Farms to food trucks and everything in between. Me too. For those who don't know, my name is Nick Surface. I'm the CEO of the Richmond Technology Council. That guy over there is Alex Atanez. He's the CEO of Shaco. Uh, we're here uh, every week from now on for Tech by Design and uh, hope you'll continue to join us. Thanks for logging in. Thanks, man.